Well, good morning, Moody Church. It's good to see you this morning. We're going to be looking at a book called Colossians. We're beginning a new series today. It will take us uh, several months at least to work our way through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, you can take it out and follow along with us. My name is Ed Stetzer. I serve as interim teaching pastor here, and I have the privilege of kind of launching our uh, study of the book of Colossians. Colossians is a beautifully written book. It's the most Christ-centered, Christocentric uh, focal book that we actually have in the uh, New Testament. And, and it's going to point us and remind us that when it's all about Jesus, it is as it should be. So I'm actually going to begin by reading just the first two verses, and then we're going to walk through and do an overview of the book of Colossians with us today. Colossians is also a great book to overview when we're partaking in the Lord's Supper, as we'll do today as well, because we're going to be reminded that the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else. And in doing so, we'll understand who he is. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from the God and Father, from, from oh, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, what's going on here throughout the whole book of Colossians is really a, a description and a defense of who Jesus is. It's rightfully understanding Christ is central to the theme because when we rightly understand him that he is all in all will be indeed all in. Matter of fact, that's the title of our series. It's all in for Jesus for the next several months. And specifically, my message today is a God-centered view of the world because I want to introduce the totality of the book of Colossians to you. Now, the book of Colossians is a letter written by someone named Paul along with someone named Timothy written to a group of Christians at a place called Colossae. It's a city, it's not a particularly remarkable city. It has been past its peak and wasn't particularly well known in perhaps that region. But, but this book, on the other hand, is a beautiful, beautiful and an exciting look at who Jesus is. Now, we use here the ESV, that's the version of the Bible that we use, the English Standard Version. I actually have here a copy of the ESV Study Bible, which is uh, remarkably oversized, and, um, and you can use it for many things in addition to studying the Bible. Um, but if you look at the ESV Study Bible, here's what it says about the theme of Colossians. It says, Christ is Lord over all creation, including the invisible realm. He has secured redemption for his people, enabling them to participate with him in his death, resurrection, and fullness. Now, why does that matter? It matters because over the next several months, uh, your staff preachers and I will be walking through together this amazing book called Colossians, which I think will remind you that your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are really essential to rightly know Christ, right? We can't make Jesus in our own image. We can't make Jesus into kind of the savior we'd like him to be. And when seeing him in the fullness of he, who he is, when understanding who Jesus is, the right view of Jesus literally right-sizes everything else. Maybe you've heard the word right-size before. It's used in many different contexts. Years and years ago when I was planting my first church in the inner city of Buffalo, New York. We 
we served there, I was a, also a contractor. And as a contractor, I'd have to right-size things, right? I was actually, part of my job was to rehab houses and weatherize them, right? So you have to find this window. And sometimes if you made the window too big or too small, we needed to right-size it. Now, sometimes we'd have the window pre-made, but then we'd have to take some, well, work it down a little bit or expand it a little bit with some filler. Why? Because things needed to be right-sized. Well, we have to understand just how significant, just how powerful, just how important, because I think people actually often see, seem to downsize Jesus. Or they kind of make Jesus into their friend that they might need at certain times. But really, when we understand the fullness of who Christ is, it, well, it changes everything. So let's just walk through the first few verses together. And we'll just start with the authors, right? It says Paul and Timothy. They're the authors, right? Paul and Timothy. It says this in Colossians 1.1. It says Paul, an apostle of Christ. So Paul describes his role. He describes the unique office that he holds, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Now, this is written from prison. He actually says so in the letter, though he doesn't say which imprisonment it was, probably in Rome. We learn later as we go through the book that Paul, the apostle, is the primary writer. He's the essential figure here that's explaining who ultimately uh, Jesus is. Now, if you've never been to Moody Church before, one of the things you may notice, hey, wait a second, they're really explaining the Bible. That's what this section of the service really is. We seek to explain the Bible, but in explaining the Bible, the Bible here explains who Jesus is. Now, Timothy has a description as well. Timothy, our brother, he's not an apostle. That's a limited set of people, the big A apostles in the earliest church. Timothy is our brother. So Paul is writing, and Timothy along with him is writing to this group of believers in this city called Colossae. Now, Paul didn't found the church here, right? He didn't start the church here, though he started many uh, of them uh, elsewhere. But in this case, he didn't. We'll find out more about that a little bit later. Probably Epaphras did. But let's look at second, his message, right? What is the message going on here. Number two in our outline, if you're jotting down notes. Number one is just Paul and Timothy. Number two is the message to the saints. It says this, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Now, brothers here is referring generically to brothers and sisters. And so Paul didn't start this church. We probably, as I mentioned, Epaphras probably did, but we don't know for sure. But I even think that we begin to get a hint of some of what's going on in the totality of the book in this phrase right here. To the saints and faithful brothers, brothers and sisters more specifically, but don't miss, in Christ at Colossae. Now, why does that matter? Because early on, we're seeing a double location that will be beautifully evident throughout the book itself. Now, Colossae, as I mentioned, is not this significant city of great import, but we're already seeing that it's not just to the brothers and sisters at Colossae, it's in Christ. It's the double location. And this, this in Christ thing, well, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing throughout the book of Colossians. The location of the Colossians in Christ. And thus, 2,000 years later, us as followers of Jesus is uh, central because, right, it's a key theme throughout, because they're at a higher place, they're at a better place in Christ. It also says to the saints. 
Now, maybe you wonder what that means. Are these just a unique group of individuals who are particularly holy? Well, no, actually, in the New Testament, in the saints are actually referred to as Christians. Christians are referred to as the saints because they are set apart by God. So 2,000 years later, I can stand before you and say to the saints at Moody Church, you might say, well, I'm no saint. Well, actually, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been set apart in that way and described that way. Now, the Christians at Colossae had a challenge going on, right? So Paul writes to respond to their challenge with a very theological book. Colossians is a very theological book. Why? Because in the midst of this, he's telling them who Christ is. But setting them in the location, we're going to see in him, in whom, in Christ. Why? Because your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are essential to rightly know Christ. And what we'll see in Colossians, when it means to be all in for Jesus, it means ultimately it's all about Jesus. And the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything. So we're working our way through just the introductory sentences, and that's all I'm going to actually cover today before I go to some of the bigger themes, right? We've looked at Paul and Timothy. We've looked at the message to the saints. Thirdly, we're going to look at the theme. We could say the themes, but I'm going to try to tie it to a broader theme as well. And that's find, found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 2, the second part. It says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, there's actually nothing particularly remarkable about a greeting like this. It wouldn't be uncommon for a, for a secular person to write grace and peace. Uh, it wouldn't be uncommon, but there's a few things here that are worth noting, right? It's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's not here accidentally. Grace precedes peace, right? And so it says grace and peace from God our Father. Grace to you and peace from God our Father to you from God. Now, there seemed to be a heresy or an error in and around the church at Colossae. It seemed to be in that heresy that they maybe de-emphasized who Jesus was and maybe put a greater emphasis on something else, maybe their own ability. We'll go through this over the next few months. But it, whatever the heresy was, it failed to make a big deal about Jesus. Now, if you've noticed already, if this is your first time coming to church, you have noticed already that we make a big deal about Jesus. And there's a reason for that, and the book of Colossians helps us to understand that, but we believe that the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else. So throughout the book of Colossians, then, there are several um, themes that I'm going to tie together in one theme, and I want to I walk through them. Now, this is a Sunday when we have the Lord's Supper, so our, so our message time is actually shortened a bit. So I want to just jump in and quickly move through. Normally, I don't speak fast, but I'm going to speak fast. I'm just kidding. But I am going to go through these things rather quickly, keeping in mind that what I'm touching on here, we will actually walk through over the next several months. So let's take a look at these things first. I'm going to use letters P so you can remember them easily. But the first thing I want you to see a very key theme of Colossians is preeminent, that Christ above all. Now, again, that's a theme we're going to see throughout this. Your location in Christ, your understanding of Christ is essential to rightly know Christ, understanding who he is. He is preeminent 
overall changes everything. As a matter of fact, it will change how you live. It will change how you worship. It will change the priorities that you value. A few years ago, I read a book. It was called When People Are Big and God is Small. And I love that. It was a reminder not to be people pleasers, right? When people are big and God is small, we've got it backwards. But when Jesus is big, then, then people and problems and challenges and struggles, they're a lot smaller when we see, well, just how big Christ is. And this is a key recurring theme that in just a few weeks we'll be sharing together. But let's take a look and jump forward into the book of Colossians as we do so. Colossians chapter 1, we'll just put it on the screen here. Chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Let's take a look at it. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Now look at this. Would you mind in the, uh, in the sound room, if you go back one slide, I want you not to miss this, right? I want you not to miss all of the references, right? In him, we see this here, through him, where you see this over and over again is this idea that in him and through him, look, I mean, by him and for him and in him and through him, it's kind of all about Jesus. That's what Colossians points us to. Now, what's interesting, if you'll notice in your Bible, if you have your Bible there in front of you, you may notice that this passage is indented in your Bible. Now, not all of them, but in some of them it's indented. And the reason is, is that the people who kind of created that Bible want you to know that that's probably a hymn or a song that they would sing in the early church. For in him, right, and by him, he is the invisible God, the image of the invisible God. So don't miss that, right? So this is what they would sing, filled with prepositions like, like by him, through him, for him, in him, through him. It's kind of a beautiful thing. A little different than maybe how the world writes about Jesus. Let me, let me share with you another song about Jesus, right? It goes like this. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right, oh yeah. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Then it gets deep. I don't care what they may say. I don't care what they may do. I don't care what they may say. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. So that's like the dumbest song ever. Right? That's the Doobie Brothers, which may explain part of why it's not the best song. Might have to do with doobies. You don't write good music. Anyway, let's move on. But here's the thing I don't want you to miss, right? See, see, this is the kind of idea that still permeates our culture. So Jesus, he's kind of all right. I mean, he's okay. He's there if I need him. I'm going to celebrate him at Christmas. I'm going to maybe celebrate him at Easter. But yeah, no. 
He's not our buddy, right? The cosmic Christ who's the ruler of all the universe. And we as followers of Jesus, by him and through him and for him and in him, the cosmic Christ is here. And every heresy and false religion de-emphasizes who Jesus is, including our current cultural idea that Jesus is our buddy in the sky. To the Mormon, he's the first created being, not the eternal God, the Son. To the Hindu, he's of a, one of a million gods. To the Muslim, he was a, he was a prophet. To, to those of us in modern American ideas, he's just kind of all right, and he's there if I need him. But when you get who he really is, preeminent in all things, when he's the king, you align your life to that reality. And when you align your life to that reality, you get that by him and through him and for him and in him defines your life. When you understand and have the right view of Jesus, it right-sizes everything else. So this hymn is going to be beautiful, and we're going to preach that in weeks to come, so I need to move forward, but it's so awesome, it's worth singing about, isn't it? And don't don't think of this church as as anybody's church other than Jesus, right? This this is his church, not D.L. Moody's church. It's certainly not Ed Stetzer's church. It's not Erwin Lutzer's church. It's not Bill Burchie's church. It's not the staff's church. It's ultimately a church that is by him and through him and for him and in him. And when you make, ev- when you make Jesus big, everything else, including this church, is rightfully small. Your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are essential to rightly know Christ. The right view of Jesus, Colossians gives us, right-sizes everything else. So we start with a very clear sense that he is preeminent, but it doesn't end there, right? It's not that he is preeminent and we're unable to know him. He's present, right? He's present. He's preeminent, but he's also present. Don't miss that. He is dwelling and filling. And Colossians tells us that very thing. I want you to start doing something with me, if you don't mind. I want you actually to participate. A few minutes ago, we read scripture and you had a place that you would actually read that scripture. I want you to just read the words. Every time you see the words in him, I want you to say it out loud with me. Would you do that? I'll read it, and then we get to the in him, you say it. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. For, here it is, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Don't miss that. In him dwells the fullness of deity, and in him you find your meaning. And your purpose and everything changes. Listen, knowing the preeminent Jesus will change your life as you live in him. Doing it any other way will fail. It doesn't work. Matter of fact, trying to be like Jesus outside the power of Jesus actually dishonors Jesus. Jesus is no big deal if you don't need him. He's just the buddy that you call on when you're having a difficult time. But we are called to something that is better and bigger and bolder. The right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else. Oh, we're going to love that part when we get to that, how he's present. He's not just preeminent, but he's present. But it doesn't end there. We're also powered, right? So don't miss that. We're, he's preeminent. It's, he's present. But there's a power. We're powered by this reality. And like so many of the books of the New Testament... They're rich with theology, but then there's also, in this case, ethics and how to live and more. The epistles are often like this, theology followed by living or ethics. And 
Let's do it again with the in him. Can we do that? Let's, let's do it. Because we're going to read part of what we read, but let's go back now to Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says this, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Are you ready? For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells body, bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. See, I went back because I wanted you to see that Colossians beautifully weaves deep theological truths with life and empowerment for day-to-day living. See, it's not just that you will get by the end of the book of Colossians how big Jesus is, how he is preeminent over all, but you will also get how knowing that changes everything in your life. See, when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, when you acknowledge how big he is, when he fills your vision, be thou my vision, we sing, then everything else seems just less significant. The things of earth fall strangely dim. That's the song I sang decades ago when I trusted Christ. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his marvelous face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you know that, the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else. But, but don't miss that, right? So even knowing that is something that we are to put on. Don't miss that, right? Let's go, let's go through it again, right? Let's walk through what we've talked about though so far. He is preeminent. We looked at he's preeminent. He's present, right? We're powered, but we're called to put on the new self. See, when you know, when you understand who Jesus is, it changes everything else. Now let's take a look at this passage, right? We won't, we won't read the in hymns this time, but let's take a look because it speaks of that way. If then, this is Colossians chapter 3. Oh, we're going to have a great time when we get to Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, right? Remember your location in Colossae in Christ, in Christ at Colossae, right? You have been raised with Christ. So knowing who Jesus is, your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are essential to rightly know Christ. If then you have been raised with Christ, you'll put this on. You'll seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Right? The things of earth will grow strangely dim. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love prepositions in the book of Colossians. Prepositions are our friends. <laughs> They're beautiful in the book of Colossians. With Christ in God. Remember how it starts? In Christ at Colossae. Why? Because understanding this changes everything. When Christ, who is your life, appears. See, when Jesus is just all right with me, oh yeah, he's not your life. But when he's the firstborn, when you've been raised with Christ, when you're seeking the things that are above, he is your life. So therefore, Paul writes When Christ, who is your life, appears, then because of your location, you will also appear with him in glory. Oh, Colossians is going to be great. Why does that matter? I can't get beyond that statement, right? He's above all. 
so live above that. He's above all, so live above the rest of the stuff. Someone once said to me, what, how are you doing under the circumstances? I said, I'm not trying to live under the circumstances. See, my location in Christ, my understanding of Christ are essential for me to rightly know Christ. And we'll close with this. Finally, we've gone through all letter P's because I'm a preacher and that's the law. Preeminent, present, powered, put on. Finally, priority. This whole series is all in for Jesus, but don't miss that, right? It's not just all in. It's not like we're on a sports team. We're all supposed to try harder because it's the second half. And if we don't win, we're going to fail the Stanley Cup. But it's priority. Christ above all. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. It's one of the most beautiful phrases in the totality. But Christ is all and in all. See, when you get that, Christ is all and in all. Just before that, it says, in Christ there's not Jew nor Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and in all. He is our all in all. You see, don't miss this. It's not about you. And it's not about me. And the reality is it's not about Moody Church. I mean, you know, this building, I was going to say it could burn down, but this building would be really hard to burn down. The church burned down in the great Chicago fire, so there's a lot of brick in here now. This is clearly overcompensation for a church. This thing is not. And ironically, in the 80s, we even had an arson. But here's the thing. This is not about Moody Church. It's who we're in. Your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are essential to rightly know Christ. Thank God for Moody Church, but we only thank God for Moody Church because we're in Christ. And because he is the focus, Christ is all in all. But this church can burn to the ground again, and Christ is still all in all. Listen, it's been a tough month for churches in Chicago. Churches in turmoil, on the front page of the paper making global news. It's easy to get discouraged. Some of our sisters and brothers are discouraged. But here's the reminder, right? It's not my church. It's not your church. It's Jesus' church. But Christ is all and all in all. And so I don't put my faith in any man. I don't put my faith in any pastor. I don't put my faith in any building. I don't put my faith in any denomination. The only thing I put my faith in is Christ is all. And Colossians reminds us he is our preoccupation. He is our preeminent concern. He is our purpose. He's everything to me. And that, my friends, is enough. But only when you understand who Christ is. See, this is why it's so essential. Your location in Christ and your understanding of Christ are essential to rightly know Christ. And that's what Paul and Timothy are writing to the church at Colossae. And for the next several months, we will bathe in the richness of this book. Now listen, if it's something else, man, I got to tell you, if it's something else, it's been a rough year to be anything else. Because the reality is, is that these other things come and go and they fail and sometimes they succeed and then they fail again. But if Christ is all in all, then I'm all in for Christ. I'm all in for Jesus. If not, why am I wasting my time? But I, I know that when Jesus is big, everything else just seems small. I mentioned years ago, 
And I believe it then and I believe it now. And I sat in the back of this little chapel of a camp and the preacher got up and said, you can have the life of Christ if you'll surrender your life to him. If you'll ask him to forgive you of your sins, not make it about you. I don't remember the exact words, but here's what I remember. I remember that he said, if you'll follow Christ and make, decades later, make him big, that everything else becomes less important when our eyes are fixed upon Jesus. It was during that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. That's what Colossians tells us to do. It's the song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I need that, and you need that, and the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else and changes how we see the world. When it's all about Jesus, it's as it should be. He is my all in all. He is our all in all. It's not about anything else. Ultimately, in the power of the Spirit, we make much of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, as we gather together this day, as we do every Lord's Day, we're reminded again and again and again, it's not about us. As we even move to partake in the Lord's Supper today, A reminder as God's people gather and say, this is my body, which is for you. And say, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Why? Because ultimately, the right view of Jesus right-sizes everything else. And you're our all in all. Lord, all, all we once held dear, build our lives around, just doesn't matter next to knowing you. Jesus. And that's what we want today. Even as we worship you, we want to know you in the fullness of who you are. We want to know you, Lord Jesus. And we want to know our location in Christ and have a better understanding of Christ so we can rightfully know Christ. For you indeed are our all in all. Just in the same spirit of prayer right now, would you stand with me right now? Let's stand together. Father, as we're standing... As we're standing, we're coming to give praise and glory and honor and worship to the Jesus who is rightly described and defined as preeminent above all else. You are our all in all. All I once held dear. Doesn't matter anymore. Just knowing you, Jesus. Just would you make that your prayer right now? We're just going to go into a song in a season of worship. And as we do, I really want to ask you to just continue this prayer in song and just sing to him, for he is preeminent. We're all in for Jesus because he is worthy. He is worthy of all honor and praise. Let's make it our prayer as we sing.